Like you have like so much data, you have so much kind of information that is shared that after uh, the honeymoon phase of a knowledge base, like one, two years, you reach this uh, phase where like nobody can find anything up to date. Like it's impossible to access uh, any type of like uh, information that you fully trust. Hello, I'm Andreas. In this episode, we will talk with Christophe Pasquier, a Frenchman living in Berlin. He's the founder and CEO of Slides, and uh, we regularly run into each other at conferences and we share one obsession, which is documentation. Welcome to the show, uh, Christophe. Yes, thanks a lot for having me, Andreas. You're welcome. Um, I would like to discuss today um, something that we both care about. It's the expiration date on documentation. I think most companies understand they need to write documentation but they fail at keeping it up to date. So I guess you have lots of things to say about that. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, it's literally like, uh, as I was saying, like right before, it is where our product is, like it's one of our main strategic axes uh, for the years to come. So definitely like something that is interesting. Like to put a bit of context, maybe like just speaking about Slide and why it matters for us. Slide is a documentation tool uh, made especially for teams that work by writing. So typically remote teams and I think working teams, but really any teams that try to have in the same place, like all their documentation, including project, uh, you know, like uh, interviews and so on. And uh, we have like uh, modules that are even, you know, going further with asynchronous uh, decision-making and discussion. And so this problem of, uh, you know, like of uh, expiration date and kind of like lifetime of a document is key to our product. And for the story, like at the start of Slide, like the, the first version of Slide was called a not app for teams. So the idea was really like to say Confluence sucks, uh, you have like the, the statu quo was uh, to have this uh, small book, uh, almost a leaflet of 200 pages in Teams that was on the bookshelf. It was maintained by one person for 1,000 readers. The person in question that was the maintainer was not the matter expert. So you had like a, do, a, a, a small book with a very limited amount of information, not up to date, not written by an expert. Uh, you know, like naturally, like people were only like looking at it once and, and never again. And so the whole goal of knowledge base, like access information, find your answers, was impossible to reach. And I, I think we are not very far away from this. Like we, we've done kind of like big leaps in the last few years. A lot of teams started to kind of like work by writing, having like uh, everything, like uh, their project specs and their, uh, you know, like interviews and sometimes customer docs in one place. So that's like a massive plus because you can search them, you can organize them now with database and uh, clear structure and so on. So that's, that's amazing. But so the problem, you know, like uh, that, uh, the, like the, the reason for which like it was this scenario of the book on the bookshelf, like with only 200 pages was because they couldn't maintain it. Like they couldn't like add more to it because they were afraid of like, uh, you know, like uh, updating it. And, uh, and so we are, we are in this scenario right now where it's even worse. Like you have like so much data, you have so much kind of information that is shared that after uh, the honeymoon phase of a knowledge base, like one, two years, you reach this uh, phase where like nobody can find anything up to date. Like it's impossible to access uh, any type of like uh, information that you fully trust. What's your solution to it then? Because it's something definitely that we also face. We, we, we have also a vast documentation on how we work and, and we try to revisit it regularly, but it's, it's very hard to, to keep track of things. And I've seen that clients as well that are struggling with it. Indeed, they make someone responsible for the documentation, right? Uh, that's what they do. And, and then things get outdated massively. And, and like you're saying, they're not an expert on what they're writing on. So how do you 
make sure that documentation is up to date and how do you mark documentation that's, let's say, stale? Yeah, so we have like two kind of like, uh, I see it as three steps. Like you have like the first thing, which is you need to have your team using the tool daily. Else they will never kind of challenge the documentation. They will never make it up to date and so on, right? So that's the transition from confluence to slide, uh, you know, from more competitors. Like just because you use it daily, because you have your meetings and your private docs at the same place as your work, you will find, you know, like uh, the you will actually use the documentation and you will actually uh, update your documents. So that's that's to me the step one. Like if you don't use it daily, necessarily it will get out of date. And then the second kind of thing is kind of best effort type of uh, solution. So typically we are shipping right now, actually. A way for you, it's optional. You have some solutions that try to make it forced on any doc where you can mark the status of a document. So in Slide, you can mark a, statu- a document as being up to date, being kind of, uh, uh, you know, it will get outdated after X months. So you set the date and you can have a clear owner. So every doc, if you want, it's an option. Once again, it's not forced. You can set like this, uh, these few parameters. And after like, uh, you know, let's say three months, if you are like owner of the uh, remote handbook, you will be being then say, you know, like uh, this doc is not up to date. If you want to kind of look at it, uh, set it as up to date, you can. If you don't go there, like a new reader will arrive on that and will see that this doc is not up to date. And you will be able to ping the owner to to nudge them. And how do you know it's not up to date if you, because a doc can be very old, but just not yeah, it changed in, in like, let's say three, four years, but maybe it's still, it's still accurate, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I mean, like that's, that's the thing that is interesting. In this scenario, it's purely social, uh, social network style, right? It's just like you have a built-in future and then we just indicate that this doc is supposed to have a, it's ex- like the, the verification is expired. It doesn't mean that it's not up to date, you're right. But it's like, you know, the verification is expired and the author is supposed to kind of like validate it. But to me, that's best effort uh, things. Like it's very basic, right? The kind of like future of slide and the thing that we are thinking. So because we are like in this era where people stop having like, you know, like static wiki, they went to this world of having everything documented in one place. We even like went one step further by having them create decision and take decision in their knowledge base. You have like a very like a massive amount of information in one place. Mm-hmm. And so this problem like, uh, you know, like uh, becomes really massive. And especially we see it like uh, you have a, a, a ceiling, like after a certain number of people in Teams, Teams come back to the Confluence style, like uh, static wiki. Because, you know, like if you are 200 people in a team and you expect to work like a 30 people team using Slide for everything, you will create like, you know, like uh, 30,000 documents every year. Mm-hmm. And even the best structure and the best search in the world can't really hold this amount of information if you don't have like a form of, uh, you know, of uh, segmentation, like you don't know that this is the part that really matters for you. So so anyway, like this is like, you know, like the, the feature that I just described is one example of something very basic. To us, the, the kind of ne- next step is really like making it smart. So it's a mix of uh, intelligence and uh, it can be uh, heuristics uh, or it can be a bit of AI, I guess and uh, dedicated features. So typically, like the, the thing that I love to think about, like the, the way I love to think about that, it comes from uh, Wade Foster from Zapier. Every document has a half-time value, right? So in uh, nuclear uh, engineering, uh, an atom, uh, you know, disintegrates like with time, mm-hmm. for a certain atom, of course. And the half-time value is uh, made to describe like how much of, uh, you know, like uh, uh, radioactive value, like they lose over time. And it's, it applies very well. And so you have this kind of like invert uh, exponential curve that represents this. It represents very well like the stage, the, the same for documents. So if I show you my, my uh, 
my leadership meeting, right? I have like a leadership meeting every week. Mm -hmm. Very important information. But in reality, next week, I have a new one. So all the information of the, the last one are like, you know, like uh, have maybe 20% of the value that they had on the day they were written. If you do the same on a project spec, uh, we do cycles of one month at Slide. Most spec will have a lifetime value of one to two months. Like after one month, they lost uh, 50% of their value. And after, you know, three, four, five, six months, actually you had like more stuff that were shipped. And so it's actually not a source of truth anymore. Like, you know, like you have more stuff that came in the way. Does that mean that you should be able to configure it per type of documents? Is that how you see it? Uh, yeah, I think type of document will definitely kind of like uh, play a part. And I mean, it's still ideation stage, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the, the way I see it, we should be able to have like a clear feature in the interface where you can indicate yourself if you want the lifetime value of a document um, and like a suggestion. Like uh, we do classification of document, for instance, and some things are very simple. Some things are way harder. Uh, one simple stuff is just to look at the title. If you have like a 2022 in it, probably that it's a strategic document for the year. Next year, it will be useless, but this year it's really important, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. If you have a date, it's obviously like a meeting doc or whatever. It's the same, right? So, so I, I think you need to have like the feature set in the system. And ideally you want to have like an automation, like a, some form of, uh, you know, intelligence that suggests you like you should tag all this doc, this lifetime value. And then of course, like the last step is to remove them from the search. So having a form of not showing them for you, like in, uh, in first and having some form of, uh, uh you're, you're a developer. So, you know, you have this concept of depreca deprecation, yeah. like you have this thing that is amazing in, uh, especially in modern, uh, IDs where you can tag something in TypeScript or whatever, where you say this, uh, you know, function or this um, possibility, whatever it is, right, is deprecated. You can't use it anymore. And then when you use it, it's uh, struck true in the code, right? It says like explicitly, you shouldn't be using this. Well, you should have the same in your knowledge base. I mean, um, I think it's smart to remove it from search, but still have it somewhere around. I guess, I guess that makes a lot of sense as well. And one of the other things that we discussed one day, and I, I just want to challenge you on that, is like, what happens with with things that are appearing, for example, if you're uh, putting in an image in, in, in documentation or, or video, that's like, for example, product documentation, where you have like a walkthrough video of a product. Obviously the product changes over time while documentation stays, stays static. Like, yeah. how do you think that people should approach that? Do you, do you update the video every time a feature change or do you have like some kind of thing around it? Like, okay, the video is outdated, but, but actually what's showing the video is still valid or, or what do you think about that? I mean, honestly, I don't have a good answer. I think I've seen like products that dedicated, I, I think it's a hard problem to solve. And I think it's a, like this specific problem of a product demo deserves almost like a unique uh, solution, I feel. So this is a startup idea someone can grab and, and start building, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think I've, I've, I've seen something like in the last few weeks that tried to achieve that, like uh, kind of like, you know, like you have like uh, this flow, but the... The screen of your app was like, uh, you know, refreshed with the last version. Makes sense, yeah. But it, it's hard, right? Like the, the the question that to me is important is, and, and I guess it depends on your use case of a documentation, is do you, like typically for technical documentation, it's maybe the case, like technical documentation, especially if you link it to your repo mm -hmm. and deprecate some stuff and so on, like that makes a lot of sense, right? To have, like you have like clear tokens that you can set as a dated or not. In a collaboration space like Slides, you have so much stuff in, you know, like all direction, it's not structured. Uh, the naming can change as well. Yeah. I don't think you have clear tokens enough to do this kind of uh, 
auto update and so on. Yeah. I, I think it's a bit other. Yeah, so, so in the end, there will always be a manual action for people to go through everything and, and to flag it as, as updated or, or to review it. It's not that you can fully automate it, I guess. Uh, no, I, I, well, I think you can, uh, you know, like the, the, my, my model on this is, uh, or my inspiration is uh, Google Photo. I remember this interview from the Google Photo product manager, so which is the CEO of Google Photo, really, uh, a few years ago. It was one of the only products that I know that have used AI in the right way. Like they have an incredible product. So a Google photo for people that have never used it, library of, of pictures uh, on your phone. And it has like a, a few kind of like a very smart features. Like the search is incredible. If I uh, type in uh, the name of a friend uh, with a cap at beach, like you will find it. If I, uh, you know, like upload a lot of pictures from holidays, they will offer me to make an album of it. If I have 10 pictures of the same things, but at, you know, zero one seconds of different, they will say, keep this one. It's the best, this kind of thing or they would offer to generate video on demand and so on. And so very, very good features that they kind of automate through AI. And the question for this guy was kind of like, how do you think about that? Because AI can be everything and nothing, right? And his answer was like, I think about my CTO, a smart guy, uh, can design a bit, good sense of, you know, understanding what's important or not and can analyze a picture because he's a human. And I'm like, if I had like 1,000 of this, uh, of, uh, you know, in my case, it's Pierre, for instance. If I take my Pierre, uh, I take 1,000 Pierre, I have them 24 uh, seven and I can just have them on my workspace, right? Not every site uh, uses. And I can tell them like, you know, like whatever I want to clean my space, what uh, would I ask them to do? And then like, when you do this exercise, you realize that there are some basic heuristics that you can use. Uh, for instance, I will just have them go in my business intelligence tool, right? Look at the data. And I will say, can you get me like all the documents that I've like been the main owner of or that I've participated in that uh, are outdated? And then like, can you just show me not the documents themselves, but the highest level route, right? Like I don't want to see all the documents, but just find me the folders that have the most thing inside that I could archive straight away. Um, and then like, you know, like uh, find me by names, like just tag me the things that look like handbooks, the thing that looks like, you know, like find me the lifetime value, like just auto tag that everything for me. Mm -hmm. And then like, please like uh, do me like a parallel organization where you actually remove all the stuff uh, in question. So you, I still have a backup of like my data. Like I don't lose it. I don't trash it, but I don't want to see it. And so you do me like another organization where I have like the thing clean and so on. And, and I, I kind of feel that when you think this way, you realize that there are a lot of things that you can, if you uh, hit a certain score of uh, accuracy, I, I'm sure that you can do a lot of stuff uh, automatically or pseudo-automatically, you know, as a suggestion for the user. Yeah, that's cool. It's actually something, I guess, that Google by now has solved as well. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm like that Google user that always uses the option, when I start search about something technical, for example, I always put on the option, only show results from within the last year. Yeah. Because that's, of course, Absolutely. the internet, is a, it's actually the same issue that there is still pages from maybe 30 years ago. And they, they some of them are still relevant if you're looking for a very low level yeah. JavaScript thing or or whatever, uh, Linux library, whatever, that, that probably they will be just that old, but a lot of other things are totally outdated after a year. So I think it's an issue that's broader than, than just documentation. And um, I think Google has already done a good way of solving it, but it's still, I need to filter a lot on that as well. So I guess it makes, uh, it, it's something that a lot of people are working on and hopefully gets improved over time. Very cool. I mean, 
I think it's it's um, I think it's a very interesting topic, and I, I think a lot of people also struggle with it. So maybe let's go to to try to end this this uh, this episode. I'm going to ask you one question: like, if there is someone who needs to get started on the documentation, not about the expiring of the documentation, but really the starting of the documentation, is there anything that they can do to make the lifetime value of the documentation longer from the start? Like, do you think there's anything that they can? Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, the, the basic is uh, learning to write less. Okay. Like everybody writes way too much. Like when you look at uh, the process of uh, updating a doc, it's the same as technical factoring. Like in reality, you remove all the spaghetti that is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lying in there and that is kind of like, you know, maybe adding like a small functionality that is kind of actually hard to maintain low added value. So I have like this, for instance, it's a constant battle of mine with my, uh, I have like a terrific uh, people uh, operation leader, Kesa. And when she writes the handbook, it's my fight like of every day to say like, you don't need to precise everything. Like her tech is that she basically wants to write like a, a book for, uh, you know, for instance, I don't know how to file expense, but she writes it like if she was speaking to the person that need to do that for their living, you know, like they need to know everything of every single mm-hmm. details of how to do it. Right. And um, the right is that the audience just, just has one job to be done. They want something extremely simple. So you just want to have like, you know, one line, one, you know, like you don't want to explain, like you need to click on this button or whatever. The tools that we use are simple enough for them to discover them yeah, that exactly. b- by themselves, you know? And and so I would say just, yeah, write really, really less, use video, uh, use image and, and uh, sketches uh, or whatever, but just, you know, like stop writing too much. Like Keep it concise. Which is also something that we can uh, help on, I think, at some point. It's very hard. Uh, writing, a, writing a short email is a lot harder than writing a long one. Yeah. That's uh, what I always tell people. Okay, that makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, thank you for, for being our guest uh, today. I think it was very interesting. It was a pleasure. And, uh, and see you around. See ya. Yeah, thanks a lot, Andreas. That's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening and following us. Listen to other episodes on our website, madewithlove.com slash pulse or on your favorite streaming service. You can, of course, also follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter. See you next time.